0: Community. Hey, what's
1: up, everyone? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Stay Curious Podcast, a show where we want to create diversity and thought without also creating division and community, and where we want to provide time and a space for you to remember how to think. Instead of tell you what to think, I am your co host, Matt Fisher. I'm the creative director here at Hill City, where we record this and every episode of the podcast. And I'm here on this very Super Tuesday. When we were recording this in the past, when you hear this with my co-host, John Wagler. John, how you doing today?
0: Doing well. Was thinking today how much I miss Tony's pizza and wings from upstate New York.
1: Really? Why
0: is it? Why is it special? Well, I, I'll be honest. Like I, Richmond's a total foodie town, but I would say pizza and wings are average here.
1: Uh, I would I would agree with that.
0: Yeah, and Italian.
1: Well, so I like Bonchon, <laughs> but I understand <laughs> No, those are good. most people yeah, think yeah. wings, that's not.
0: But like, I, th- I think Italian is pretty average here. Edo Squid's great. But outside of that, I don't know. I mean, Mama Zus and Edo Squid are uh, the yeah. same, basically. But I don't know. Yeah, just have a little. Missing missin- Tony's. Missing hey. Tony's Pizzeria. Hey, Missing Tony's. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I'm sorry that you don't have Tony's. Right. But here's what you do have. Our Super new episode. <laughs> That's right. You do have Super, <laughs> Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday. Hmm. Would I rather have <laughs> politics or wings and pizza? Mm. <laughs> um, you do have Super Tuesday. Uh, although by the time people are hearing this, we will know who the Democratic candidate Indeed. for president is going to be. Um, but we don't know that yet. But what we do know is what today's show is going to be about. It's not only today's show. It's going to be a series that we are kicking off right here, right now. It's going to be about the hot little word, masculinity. Men. Men. Now, I will say, I just realized that it's Women's History Month in March. Yeah. And that makes me feel terrible. But we had already planned. <laughs> Programming podcasts is hard. <laughs> and we had already uh lined up all of our guests. And also, honestly, we're going to have a little something uh that is going to be very lady-oriented. Yeah, near at the, the end of, end of this, the series. Yeah, Of this series. And I want to
0: say this. Like- not equivalent to women's history, but in honor of women, we're trying to be better men.
1: That's right. We're trying to re reevaluate yeah. masculinity so that it is better for everyone and not terrible for women or anyone else. Yeah. So that's fair. There's that. That's a spin. <laughs> that's a good spin. It's a spin. At least we're honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, this series, uh, we're going to kick it off today with just a little intro. John and I are going to kind of talk about what that word masculinity means to us and uh, what our sort of history is with just I don't know it's such a, it seems like such a weird, vague idea nowadays, um, but I think it kind of always was because from culture to culture masculinity could mean different things, and I mean, as soon as we did away with like sending 13 year old boys out into the bush to <laughs> slay something and come back it kind of uh not that I'm necessarily for that, but today we're gonna set it up. we're gonna do a little intro, John and I are gonna chat. Next week we – and for uh, let's see. So the next two weeks we're going to have um, two fantastic episodes with Darren Patrick, our friend, mm-hmm. uh, and yours. Um, and he is the author of – is it The Dude's Guide to Manhood?
0: Yeah, and The du- Dude's Guide to Marriage as well. Yeah.
1: And so he apparently knows a thing or two about this idea of masculinity. He himself is a Paul Bunyan-esque man. <laughs> it's a large man. Big voice, big beard. Big, big presence. Big, big blue ox. Uh, he does not have a big blue ox, but in my head he does. Uh, and he's uh, we're we're super excited to talk to him. Um, Great interview! It was a fantastic.
0: Yeah, interview. and I will also say this a part of this series that I'm excited about is we're getting other perspectives. Like, mm-hmm. so we're gonna have Vernon Gordon in here um, talk about just what's it like to be you know uh, uh, in the black community. What is how is masculinity viewed? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our friend Manny Pena uh, Pena coming on next Monday. We'll mm-hmm. record that episode. Um, to, to hear about like the Latino community. So I'm excited just for different perspectives around this too.
1: Yeah, and then if we can pull it off, to close it out, we're going to have a women's takeover. Women's takeover. John and I are going to get kicked right out of the booth by yeah. the ladies of Hill City. Um, and you all are going to hear uh, the real deal perspective on what the idea of masculinity means to a podcast booth full of women.
0: Do you think they'll change the intro music to Ladies Night?
1: I just want them to do whatever they want to do. Yeah, if fine. they do that, I'd be upset. I feel like there's a better choice. It's a little on the nose, but they get, they, can do yeah. they can do whatever, whatever they, they want, whatever they
0: want, whatever they want. Elevating uh, women,
1: elevating oh. women. <laughs> by letting them change the <laughs> intro. Uh, maybe it'll just be the same intro, but we'll record like one of the ladies doing Corey's part. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm into that. Um, but without further ado, let's get into this, John. Masculinity. It's, uh, it seems like a very ethereal word. It's, it, yeah, for sure. It's not quite manhood or manliness, but it has to do with those things. But it also kind of can span a spectrum of different things.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting phrase because you have the idea of masculinity, but then toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. right? Which are two very different things. You have um, everyone's perspective on masculinity is so different. Like, if you were to, like, if we were to get, like, 20 guys in a room, it it really would be fascinating to hear what people said when the term masculinity comes. Because you, you have some folks that might say protector or mm-hmm. provider or, like, the, your brain kind of goes, like, in that direction. Um, you know, I think I would have been in that camp, like, for a large season of my life except for maybe the last 8 to 10 years. I think – when I started thinking about masculinity and I'll just, I'll use the Bible cause that's convenient with this, but I started thinking about David and because David was always propped up in, in the Bible as like this man's man, right? And definition of masculinity. And I just started thinking about this. This was probably a decade ago where everyone always talks about David, the hunter and the King and all of that, you know, it talks about him wrestling a, a line with his bare hands and all that other stuff. And I started thinking about, yeah, but at the same time, he played the harp. Mm-hmm. And if you read the Psalms, which to which he wrote about half of them, he was super, super emotional. Mm-hmm. Like, Quite a poet. Yeah. And um, had all these other kind of interests. He was a dancer. Mm-hmm. You know, he liked to dance around. He um, So I started thinking about like how masculinity can take on so many different forms and how honestly tunnel vision i was around it for i would say a solid 30 to 33 years of my life mm. so um even when i think about it now if you're like what is masculinity i i'm gonna i'm gonna for me it's like what is healthy masculinity mm-hmm. i guess versus toxic masculinity but one of the things that for me now is i think the greatest way to <laughs> for me is to think about uh well-rounded interests and that seems so like vague but There's something about um, the more men I get to know that have like a lot of different interests that... I'm just like, it's like, oh, all right. So if you put all of us in the room, like real masculinity, like covers a lot of things. It's
1: kind of like the idea of the Renaissance man, right? Yeah, like you like can wrestle, you're like a wrestler or like some sort of combat sports person, yeah. but then you can also paint right. and and do poetry. But then you can also, uh, I don't know, like build things or hunt yeah. or whatever.
0: Like, I think there's something like, I, I, I do say that for me, there is still something to the protector provision maybe not provider as much, but mm-hmm. like certainly like the protector, even like in a physical way, mm-hmm. I, I do see that as a masculine thing. Not that like women are weak. And mm-hmm. like, I don't think that it's just, there is something to that part. There is something to a healthy masculinity, like being emotionally healthy. I think, um, is is part of it where I think we see that with guys like David in scripture, like going back to him. And so anyway, that's kind of my original, like off the top of my head, mm-hmm thoughts around masculinity. What about you? What do you think about masculinity when
1: I, you know, if I'm honest, I think like the word, um, my initial reaction to the word is not positive. Um, I am a sort of, I think what Leonard Sachs, uh, who wrote the book, why gender matters would call, um, like gender atypical, atypical uh, yeah. yeah, gender yeah. atypical. So, um, I've never super resonated even, even as a young kid, uh, super resonated with, like, sports. Um, or I, as as we've talked about before, and I'm sure we will again, um, I am probably more competitive than I let on. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Just, like, there's something about the term masculinity that um, challenges me in a lot of ways. I also think that it's tricky because... I don't see masculinity necessarily as tied to um, genitals. (laughs) So like – but then how do – but then I'm always trying to sort of reconcile that. So for instance, I would say for sure that like um, fist fighting is like a masculine thing, which is like not good. It's like not a good good thing necessarily that we've contributed. But I've also um, like seen some girls – I've, I mean, I've seen a, uh, a female, a gendered female fistfight and win against <laughs> a gendered male. Sure. So now I'm sort of left with this, like, well, so do I still think that's masculine, but this female has – it just excels at this particular masculine trait? I know I certainly believe um, and think that, like, it's okay for all of us to embrace the different sort of, like, ends of the spectrum – but even then, it's, like, such a weird ethereal thing to say, like, when you're talking about David. So he played the harp. What makes that a feminine trait versus a masculine trait? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know that there's an easy answer. Maybe it
0: just is, like, more on, like, the bluesy or hip-hop side of harp. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, is
1: music in general more feminine or is it just certain types of music yeah. or whatever? It's just a very – I see it as sort of a um, – it's like looking – it's not like looking at a palette of paint. Mm-hmm. where you can tell the colors apart. And it's not lo- like looking at a rainbow. It's like looking at a prism. <laughs> it is a very complicated refraction of light, light being these ideas of masculinity and femininity. Yeah. Um, I know that I've definitely had uh, a lot of bad experiences with ma- with toxic, what I would consider toxic masculinity, but also bad experiences with like ex- what we would say are more accepted masculinities, mm-hmm. both in and out of your normal sort of like breakfast club high school you know jocks and nerds and punks and and whatever like context yeah um because you know the the culture that i grew up in and and am still a part of in like punk and hardcore like we're the people who invented just punching one another for fun (laughs) like as far as like oh yeah people people were dancing oh what kind of dancing you know the type where you like leave a boot mark on someone else's face so it's like that's pretty like I, I won't say toxically masculine, but it's not necessarily, it's harmfully masculine in right. a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, yeah. So it ain't just like your, you know, it's not just your um, competitive sports people who have struggles yeah. with this idea of permeating masculinity you know, in different ways.
0: I also think that there, for me, when you th- think about masculinity, it does, I know you mentioned maybe it doesn't necessarily for you, it, for me, it does have a genital issue or mm-hmm. a ge- like, I, when I think of masculinity, it's not that, to your point about a woman fighting mm-hmm. or a woman, I'm trying to think of, like building a house right. or, or something. It, it it doesn't make, to me, I'm like, that doesn't make her masculine. Okay. Right? Like, I think it's like she might have a skill set that stereotypically leans more male. Mm-hmm. But I do think, for me, the masculinity piece, there is, it does refer to gender for me and genitals. I, I You know, right or wrong, I'm just saying, like, it does for me. Okay personally
1: so if a woman um i'm trying to think of again a stereotypically masculine thing so um well we'll just stick with the like the, the thrown hands so like a uh, ronda rousey or like one yeah. of these women who are just like at accomplished at combat right <laughs> hand-to-hand yeah. combat yeah. would you say that it's like so you wouldn't say that oh that's a masculine woman um but would you say that's a that's a woman with masculine traits. Like how do you use that word when it, or do you not at all when it relates to like what people do or what they're good at versus like maybe who they are?
0: Yeah. I wouldn't say like that she'd be masculine. Okay, I I, I wouldn't use that phrase. I would just probably be like, I wouldn't want to fight her. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, I I don't think um, I wouldn't use that phrase. I think I actually think that's part of the reason why we get so much trouble and even some of these like gender discussions and things like that, because so often it's, it's like, Oh, if a girl does this or if a boy does this, that's masculine or that's feminine, but that's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. You know, like and it's, and we'll talk about this in future episodes as well, but it's just not necessarily true. And I think we get ourselves into trouble with that sometimes. And so for me, when I think about masculinity, I do think about a man Mm -hmm. with a penis. Mm -hmm. Like I, not even trying to be like vile with that. I mean, I, I think like that's like it is a gender thing to me. Like there are masculine things that stereotypically come from being a male mm. that you can't get around. And now, are there outliers to that? Of course, there are outliers to that. But I, I think there are certain things with masculinity that go hand in hand with that. That um, often throughout generations have been around protecting and providing mm. and things like that. maybe a certain kind of aggression and cause there's testosterone and there's like things that kind of make male males, males, mm-hmm. you know, to, and I'm not talking talk about interest, but just like being a, a male. And so, um, for me, that is part of it. Yeah. I don't know. I guess
1: I struggle with that. A good example, um, would be, I, I have a, a friend, um, who is a woman. Um, uh, she is gay, but she would not consider herself, I mean, she's a she. She doesn't do right. the pronoun thing and she wouldn't consider herself trans. Um, but like we go to the same barber. Um I would say we dress the same. I probably am have a little more flair than she does. She's she's just like a a flannel flannels and jeans, you know right. girl. As you're wearing flannels and jeans right It's true, I am wearing <laughs> flannels and jeans. Uh maybe I should be more like <laughs> like Patagonia and yeah. um and she is so much better at like fixing things and knowing how to take care of a house and a yard that I'm consistently asking her for help. Um whether it's like with basically anything around the house. <laughs> sure. Um, that would be again considered like a dad thing, right? Yeah, like you, no, you, I get you. You install a new light yeah. or a or you um change the oil on the car or whatever. Yeah. Um but she would not say I mean she she would not say that she feels feels like she's a man or feels like she's trans or whatever. Right. Um but I would still have a hard time not saying that she has masculine
0: traits, you know. I you know, and I understand. Yeah, I would understand that, that thought process and everything. It just to me in the end, like I think I would think of her as just a woman who's handier than me.
1: Okay, I like <laughs> like that. I just, maybe, yeah, maybe You know, maybe, um, maybe I should start thinking more like that. I, I definitely. Know, that, I I have a lot of room for growth here because I'm very mixed. I'm very – I have a very open hand about this Yeah. This topic. Yeah. Um, now, I think something that we could talk more about and that we will throughout this series because I think we'll probably ask this question of all of our guests is um, if we kind of zoom in on this more uh, nuanced idea of masculinity as like a trait – Right. Because you can also, we won't write the second, but you can also get into like the masculine and feminine traits of God and how he, yeah, he yeah, contains yeah. both and why we say he, because it's convenient, but really, whatever. There's
0: a lot of both in scripture. Right. Yeah. Exactly. A
1: lot of tra- quote unquote traits. Yeah. Um, we're not going to get into that right now. What we can talk about though is this idea of toxic masculinity. Yep. This is a term that's been around since the 80s, mm-hmm. um, but it's become very popular uh, recently as sort of post Me Too movement and just... Um, Men, uh, sort of society prioritizing the calling out of men for mistreatment of women, mistreatment of power, whatever, whatever. Toxic masculinity has become much more of a thing. Yep. I think it's also, you know, we we put a lot um, of impetus on Me Too movement as this crux, which I think it is. But, like, even before the Me Too movement, we were starting to sort of say, like, hey, this football player just yeah. is on video hitting this woman. Totally. Or, like, I, this rapper, like, just straight up beats up his wife yep. or whatever, you know. This idea of toxic masculinity, and then of course all the shooting stuff is sort of tied in with some toxic masculinity stuff, yeah. mass shootings.
0: So any kind of patriarchal system, you know, like that's yeah. And, and to your point, though with the toxic masculinity, that that was coming, that was a phrase that was used in the '80s in particular, and was becoming bigger because people were like, ah, mm, this is not okay, yeah. you know. And then with the Me Too movement, yes, it has been raised, mm. but. Um, that was a phrasing that was used several decades ago. Um, now I would say to some degree where that phrase maybe is losing its luster to, uh, I would say <laughs> losing its luster in the sense of um, it's become a catch-all for everything. Okay. You know, whereas, and, and I think when something becomes a catch-all for all things masculinity, it can get muddied Then what might just someone being, like you can then maybe start taking shots at someone just being a male. Mm-hmm. Can, so,
1: yeah, can you think of like a do you have any anecdotal sort of uh, either from Twitter or your own actual life or
0: Um
1: I like that the stand-in for society at large is at, from Twitter. For like Twitter. What do you, <laughs> you know, I like from Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> um
0: well, I remember you know when we were at a conference um and you were there with this one, we, there was a woman speaker, you know, who did something that could have been been viewed as controversial right mm-hmm. like she got up there and she said I don't know the exact wording but it was like all you guys stand up and she was trying to empower or encourage men and she was just saying you guys are catching the brunt of everything right now and I know there are good men in this room now was that poor timing when she did it because of some of the things that were going on that could easily be argued yeah. um did she know all the men in the room no she did not so that could have been a very like loose way to try and encourage mm-hmm. men um, to say that everyone in there was doing the right things and so there were some negative elements to that of course but I would say this like that would be an example where someone and that was a woman trying to do it you know was trying to encourage men but there was Blowback on that, simply be it to me felt like I was like, well, it was kind of cool. She was trying to encourage men, but there was blowback to her, and I think she was doing it genuinely. You know, she had no other reason to do that, and and you could just see like, oh, like that's not as like felt weird that maybe she was getting jabbed a little bit for trying to encourage men.
1: Yeah, I remember this. There was blowback. From me.
0: No, but you weren't the only one. You <laughs> okay. weren't the only one. So it's not, that wasn't just you. <laughs> yes, you did. But yeah, like, there's no... T- true. Uh, so.
1: <laughs> so yeah, she said to stand up. Um, it was on the day of the Kavanaugh, uh, of the... It was, it was during the it was during, it was during the Cabinet hearing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I feel like it was a pivotal day, but that I probably yeah. just remember, remember that. She said for all the men to stand up and I kinda got what was going on, so I did not stand up. And somebody and you know, we're all in a group as a staff or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um and like automatically it started going down on the staff <laughs> group text because I was like <laughs> Uh, poorly, ti- uh. I definitely said poorly timed. And yeah, my thing was like, I don't, you don't know me lady for all, you know, I'm leaving this conference and going home <laughs> and beating my wife and kids. Sure. Like, I'm drunk right now. You don't know. <laughs> um, so I was definitely a part of that blowback, but I do get what you're saying where like, um, she was trying to affirm men. Um, but th- because of sort of the climate of things, uh, it was just by some of us, me included, um, could feel like we were brushing over it with like uh, with the use of toxic masculinity. Yeah. As,
0: well, and I also say like, you know, promise keepers used to be a big thing. Right. And um, like I think if stuff like that were to go on now, it not that it would be frowned upon, mm-hmm. but they would get blowback on it, even if yeah. they were doing things the right way. Yeah. And And there's something to that. This is why I think. We, we can kind of lose the value of masculinity because there is something to like men being together and men. Like I remember like w- my roommates in college would like wrestle and like borderline fight, you know, a couple of times, like we had to get pride off of each other, like all that kind of thing. And, but, but then we were like dying laughing at it later. Like there's there's certain things about just kind of masculine maleness right. that like it is what it is and um like even when you when you talk about stuff that happens at some of your shows and stuff like it's just like something about it that i don't know i don't know like it's just part of like kind of maleness from the beginning of time that still reveals itself in different ways now that i think sometimes it can be like oh that's toxic masculinity or that's you can't you can't be a man Mm -hmm. you can't do like that kind of stuff and and i'm not talking about the (laughs) the like hey let's like talk to girls this way, or, you know, do the stuff that is toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying, like, there's some stuff, it feels like right now, culturally, to try and encourage men in a way to kind of bond men together and do things, it can be looked down upon.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Um, I think the key thing with toxic masculinity, or this is true with kind of toxic anything, like, um, you hear that term, you, you can kind of apply that term to a couple of different sociological things um uh but i think toxic masculinity it's toxic when it starts to bleed out into other yeah stuff right so like if me and you know some of my buddies because we definitely used to do like the same like backyard yeah. wrestling type you know really beating the you know what out of each other like um i think that's you know, not great because we're gonna get hurt <laughs> eventually. And like you said, like probably fight at Such some like point, and like real age. fight at some point. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I will not be doing that now. Um, but I think the difference between that as a, like masculinity and toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity is turning to the kid who doesn't want to do it and peer pressuring them into doing it. Stop being a wuss. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Or right. like yeah. At a show, um, I think it's a very important for like the kinds of shows that we do with, like, hardcore and punk rock and, and heavy metal and stuff like that. I think that the sort of aggressive dancing is a integral part of the adventure and danger of that kind of music. It's what sets it apart from just, like, going to any other kind of, like, genre show. Yeah. But I think when it gets bad is when um, there's nowhere in the room that's safe to stand or that, like— um, if you are like a female that also wants to dance, that you're not allowed to because you're not like physically strong enough to fight every man in the right. room to yeah. like get a spot on the floor. Um, but it's a very fine line because it's basically like playing with dynamite <laughs> but and making sure that nobody gets hurt. You yeah. Know? Um, I just
0: think we go too far sometimes with with it. And I and sometimes, you know, when you think about. To me, it feels like we go down this road with masculinity or just talking about men in general. And and again, maybe my maybe my bias is like shifting a little bit or, you know, I've got little blinders onto this. But it feels like on social media and just kind of general like articles and stuff, the idea of valuing men and manhood is really is has been trying to cut off at the knees so to speak mm-hmm. and it feels like a lot less like right now it feels like you either have cons like i don't want to say conservative that's not the right thing but like one side being like no a man is this and it's gotta be wild at heart and it's gotta be right. you know it's like and you got that side and then the other side is is really trying to strip manhood away mm-hmm. like the like i want to go genderless everything i want to mm-hmm. go you know like in it that's what the competing narratives feel like I'm not saying that's the Mm -hmm. it's just what it feels like to me and I could absolutely be missing you know something it just feels that way
1: yeah no I mean I get that and I think that obviously we have a certain point of view even just as like men ourselves who live in a you know college town on the east coast (laughs) you know there's all different everywhere I'm sure there are still I think you and I were talking about this I was reading this article like there are still towns in the deep South where literally the football, the high school football team runs the whole town. Right. I was reading this article about a high school football team whose coach was the coach of the football team and also sort of a mob boss. (laughs) So sort of like (laughs) got protection money paid to him in in this tiny little town. And I think it was like West Texas or somewhere. Had Um, to be be Texas. It had to have been Texas (laughs) uh, or Alabama. I don't know. One or the other. But, um, you know, we have a certain perspective of it feels this way or that way. Um I think that you know you and I have had that conversation and constantly are in conversation about is it too much or is it not enough Yeah um and that's kind of comes to the crux of like the you know two sides of the pole that you and I tend to be on I, I agree that like so I, I think I've probably come around on this a little bit, especially after reading that Leonard Sachs book, but also just thinking about it and just having my own kids and just sure. like watching my yeah. wife and I try to ungender everything and watching one of our kids just <laughs> gender everything <laughs> um, and just be like a walking Lisa Frank folder, um, even though we told her she could like anything. I was, yeah. well, that's what she chose to like. Um, so I've come, I've sort of like changed my perspective on this a little bit for sure, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's on the one hand, you can say it's too much. we're trying to strip all masculinity, and then on the other hand, it's like, yeah, but like, um, boys will be boys. This is locker room talk didn't not get our current president elected <laughs> I mean d- yeah, and that's stop, where you, you know? now
0: I'm with you one hundred percent on all of that stuff, like that is like. Like I hate it when the people say boys will be boys or yeah. you know you um justify certain thing like well men like they lust more than women. Yeah. You know I'm like stop saying stuff like that. Like I like I just it doesn't real masculinity is aggressive against those things. I would agree. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. so the toxic side lets that stuff slide and kind of is fine with those stereotypes or whatever. But I I would say this though too, Matt like, and I I would think you probably agree with this, but I don't even know if we've ever discussed it. But I will say from a society standpoint, when you look at um, we should want to val- like w- there's a lot of language about valuing women and there should be, you know, like empowering and elevating women. And that's great. Um, but there, we really should as well be trying to do this in a healthy way, valuing, empowering men in the right way. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, even when you look statistically, uh, in terms of incarceration rates and education rates, and what kind of, you know, how people are with jobs and, um, like the men in families makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Like if you kind of go through, we'll post uh, these three different articles that I was kind of reading about this. Ones in Huffington Post, ones from Fatherly dot com, ones from the Atlantic, and we'll post those articles. But they have all this just kind of you start reading through all this research about what happens when when good men are in families and good men are doing what good men should do. And what that does generationally, what that does, um, uh, what that does not only to to raise more like healthy men, but what it actually does, uh, even for women that the one article will talk about how the number one predictor. Of a woman's self confidence and ability to handle stress, as their relationship with their dad, Hmm. and so and they kind of work all that stuff out and why it works that way. But they go through um, the relationship between like a father and daughter with um, with uh, body image and how they view sex and how they view love and all these different things and how they uh, go through their talents and all. It's crazy. It's not that a mom doesn't matter (laughs) clearly, but it's just like I think sometimes. Men have devalued the role of men within all of that stuff mm-hmm. and kind of like, well, I just go and work and I just do this. And and I think that's actually changing. I would say like that's a very good thing that's happening in society right now is overwhelmingly, I think it was in the early 2000s, late 90s, that the statistic was that your typical dad spent 10 minutes a week in one-on-one conversation with their kids. and uh, But that number is like, Shifting in a massive way now, so there's some like really good things with with men right now, and like even being emo- emotionally aware and some of that stuff that's coming up, it, it's it's really good. But um and even the fact that all these men are getting in trouble for sex abuse, and even if it happened 40 years ago, I think that's all good stuff too. But I, I would like sometimes with some of the societal issues that we have, I think it's easy to be like, oh, it's toxic masculinity. But sometimes I just wonder. Well, maybe we're not approaching this in the right way. Like, for instance, um, Malcolm Gladwell talks about if you wanted to eliminate rape and sexual abuse on college campuses, then don't let any student drink. Hmm. Because uh, I think you said it's ninety nine point something percent of all abuse cases on college campuses involve alcohol. Hmm. But no one you don't hear anyone. Now, you you can hear like you can hear like um, people railing against, you know, fraternity stuff or. and, and who's raising these boys to, like, treat women this way? And th- those are all conversations that can happen. But why don't you ever hear If if a solution would be, hey, no college kid can drink, and that eliminates sexual abuse on campuses. Then, and I guess that, and he goes into the numbers about even, like, outside. So, like, alcohol, like, causes all this stuff. And I'm like, that's actually, like, an incredibly easy way to stop Sexual abuse. So sometimes even with like the men piece, I'm like, are we addressing some of these problems that we see within communities right now? Like 43% of kids right now in America don't have their dad at home. Mm. You know, and, and so and then you see statistically through all the research that happens, like the difference between a good, solid man. Raising kids, whether boys or girls, um, and what that does for the family unit and everything else i'm like, maybe we need to start talking about men differently and masculinity differently, and focusing on some of the things that actually really matter
1: yeah, I think that um, so I can hear people you know sort of saying that the Malcolm Gladwell instance is a redirection, right, so it's not um. The alcohol, it's the men and the alcohol. You know, you're blaming the alcohol for toxic masculinity. I, um, that book, uh, "Talking with Strangers," which you and I read, does have a great um, chapter on on that. Also, I tend to, at my core, agree with you, but I'm also straight edge, so I tend, to, <laughs> I tend to say that most problems, like there are lots of problems we can eliminate by just not drinking. Um, but which, I've had. You're right. I I'm think you right. I'm not wrong, but I've also had to come to grips with the fact that that's, like, not a reality, right? As a matter of fact, I've spent a good part of my adult life coming to grips with the fact that no one's going to agree with me that the is the problem, so we got to figure something else out.
0: Yeah, or that, quite frankly, it's people getting drunk is the problem. Right,
1: and so that's where I think that um, there is an immediate thing where, like, you know, controlling drinking and getting blackout drunk is a thing that needs to be approached. However, um, I think that there is a systemic issue in, and you would agree, how we raise our sons or don't raise our sons to view their own masculinity in that, um, hey, the manly thing is not to see, to be able to drink everyone under the table. The manly thing is to be in control of yourself. The manly thing is to be... You know, the, the, whatever the, the – what a man does is stay alert so that if somebody else is too drunk that you can help them get home, be it a man or a woman. Right. Um, the manly thing is, you know, self-control, like the fruits of the spirit. That's what sure. a man – you know, if we teach people that, then they can have drinks and maybe even have a little too much to drink and still know if their core programming is – this is not i do not do these things i do not if i'm unsure i do not or even like if she seems past the point of making good decisions because she's had too much to drink then i say, then i say no mm-hmm. i don't wait for her to say no you know there's a lot of um one thing that i struggled with a lot was um i i knew of course no meant no but i never i never really internalized until later in my adulthood that a lack of a no doesn't necessarily mean yes <laughs>
0: Sure, <laughs> um, yeah, 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 And
1: I think that's one of those things that we can teach young boys, you know, about consent. Yeah, and boys aren't raised that.
0: with, like, even knowing or understanding that.
1: Right, and it starts early. It starts way before yeah. a boy knows anything about sex. I mean, it starts at yep. four or five. It starts when you start teaching not to hit or, yeah. you know, when to do X, Y, Z. It starts with, um, you know, telling that, you know, that aunt or uncle who just loves a hug and a cheek pinch that, like, look – This is how we raise our kids. Like, if they say no, I know you don't mean any harm, but, like, it's their body and we're teaching them that it's okay to say no to a cheek pinch or to a a whatever. Um, But a thought I did have that I think is a nice pithy – I said (laughs) (laughs) pithy. I'm keeping it. Um, A nice pithy little line is, you know, I don't think – I don't think that the counteraction – I don't think that the cure for toxic masculinity is less masculinity I think it's healthy masculinity. Yeah. Right. So if we want to counteract, it's like if we want to counteract white supremacy, white guilt is not the way to do that. The way to do that is to elevate, uh, to elevate non-white people, like, <laughs> sure. so that white people are not supreme anymore. Yeah. Right? Um, it's the same thing. Like, I don't. I think that it's sort of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And again, this is somebody who tried very hard to like not gender our toys and our our yeah. like colors and all that stuff. Um. I think that the cure to toxic masculinity in our society is healthy masculinity is teaching teaching boys who maybe um tend to be more masculine, mm-hmm. right? How to handle that power or right. like how to handle those things. And but also if you, you know, like me, like I was not a masculine, I guess for lack of better terminology, <laughs> ultra masculine Stereotypical boy, stereotypically whatever, yeah. masculine boy. Um if you know, to also tell them, well, that's okay. That's just a different type of masculinity. That not to, not to. Even if you have a good idea of what healthy masculinity is, if your boy is low on masculinity, it's not to say you need more of this. It's just to teach yeah. them to handle what masculinity they have, yeah. whether it's overwhelming and they're like an, you know, for lack of a better term, alpha male type, mm-hmm. or if it's if they're more like gender atypical, like I am. Um or like even you know lots of boys are. Um, it's how do we handle it not taking away the masculinity or reducing it I think it's teaching people how to handle what masculinity they have.
0: yeah, and we need to and we need men who want to grow and learn, become more emotionally healthy, who want to dig into some of the reasons that they are the way they are. and then they have to then begin to look at how do I want to raise my kids so that when if I do have a boy like that I am raising him to be a healthy, man, if I do have a girl like that she has the right view on what a man should be um if if you're not married and you're single like with your friends, are you challenging each other what it means to be healthy men you know and learn and grow together and and how do you go about doing that you know and I think that's something that we don't you just don't hear a whole heck of a lot about, and I think promoting the healthy male culture should be a thing that we should all value and want because the reality is. Again, if we had healthy men, that only elevates and empowers women. Mm. And and so right now the problem is, is like, you know, you have women trying to f- like fight their way to be elevated and empowered. And then they we were in. I was in a discussion with someone else on staff this, with like this this morning. I said, you know, I was like commenting on how well I thought Elizabeth Warren did in the debates. She was aggressive. She was um smart and all those other things and i said and it's crazy because i would then you go online and you look if a man did that they're like oh like look how assertive they are look how this and excuse my language but what she's called is a mm.
1: and
0: and i'm like and where does that come from from unhealthy men and unhealthy culture on how to treat women and elevate and empower women and so so you know you i just think we if we could concentrate in particular now obviously we we both work at a church and all that. But we need, and this is going to be part of our next kind of thing coming as a church, but we need to reinvest into what does it mean to be healthy men because that's really going to move the needle a lot. Yeah, I agree.
1: Cool. Well, uh, so there it is. There's our little intro to the next couple of weeks, um, more than a couple, to, to the next few weeks of our series on masculinity. we got some great – um, guests coming up, uh, we're going to have the women's takeover there at the end. And if you want to contribute anything to the conversation, you can, all you got to do is email us at stay curious at hillcityrva.com. You can follow us on Instagram at stay curious cast. I'm sorry, Stay Curious Pod on Instagram. And if you go to the Bad website, Twitter, you can follow us at Stay Curious Cast. Uh, make sure to rate, review, and also share these episodes um, so we can get more people in on the conversation. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with Darren Patrick. And as always, stay curious. <laughs>